say to yourself, there is help for me. I am not alone. You know, sometimes the journey of life can be very overwhelming. And it looks as if you are alone. But I need you to know that every time that you breathe, it's an evidence that God is with you. Every time you breathe, it's an evidence that God is with you. And each day comes with a new hope. And so that you are alive today, it's not over. It's because God still has a need of you. Praise the Lord. I just want someone to be encouraged this morning. I, while Pastor Finke was ministering, I just I felt a burden on someone, someone's heart. Uh, it's, I felt it so, so heavy on me, and I just uh, uh, prayed. Uh, I prayed for you. I needed to know that I have prayed for you. The Lord will help you. In Jesus' name. And I will wait for your testimony. Yeah, I'm expectant of it because I know that the Lord will come true for you. It is tough, it is hard, it is heavy. But come unto me, all ye that labor and have heavy burden, and I will give you rest. There is no burden that the Lord cannot lift, it will come true for you. Can you say amen to that? He has come true for you. Praise God. Okay. Last week we started a new series, which is also um, in, in which is also in tandem with a. Uh, promise for the month. Don't forget it's a month of glorious triumph. And we will triumph in the name of Jesus. Last week we spoke about triumphing in in relationships and we looked at marriage. And so today we'll continue and I, I trust God that we'll be able to look at many types of relationships as we possibly can. But the subject of marriage is not something that we can exhaust in a day. So today uh, we'll continue from where we stopped. And <laughs> let me just tell men ahead of time. My intention is not to come today to attack you because I know the, the ladies will be, will be saying to themselves, please tell them, tell them. <laughs> so today the focus is on you, man. And next week, we'll be talking about the ladies. After all, we'll try not to do ladies first today. <laughs> so let me start with the men. There are two, uh, primarily, of course, three, uh, uh, in marriage, uh, before you crucify me, let me tell you what I mean. You have the husband, the wife, and you have Holy Spirit. All right. So, but fundamentally, of course, you have the two players: the the the, the wife 
the man and the woman. Uh, and of course, uh, we bless God for the success of Thursday's wedding. The Lapo is unmarried. So, Oluwa Damilola. And thanks to as many people that were able to come. I believe the church was well represented. And I will encourage us that we keep it up. Amen. Let's try to show hope for ourselves. Of course, not everybody was able to attend for obvious reasons. People will be at work. People are at different places. But for those that were able to go, thank you so much. I was also there. Okay. So today, we are looking at the fundamental responsibilities of a husband. Jesus said, you cannot, how, it's even strange that you're able to see the log in your neighbor's eyes. No, the speck, I beg your pardon, the speck in your neighbor's eyes while you have a log. In other words, you are not seeing well. Because if you are seeing well, you, you can't possibly see well because you have a log that is hindering you from seeing properly. But I think that's just human attitude. That's just human nature. And most of the time, rather than uh, looking inwardly as to the instructions given to us by God as an individual, especially in marriage, we want to focus on our partner. And that's human being for you. You just want to see faults, uh, thinking to yourself that you are uh, the one that is perfect here. And you see this play out in, in marriage most of the time. And so the New Testament includes many instructions concerning relationships. Most people read these instructions for the other persons involved and ignores the one that apply to themselves. But the truth is this, we cannot control human behavior. Only yours. Okay. So you want to begin by starting... I want to begin by following the instructions as it applied to you. And you see, the Bible is sweet and perfect, balanced, and complete. All right? The instructions to the wife is not dependent to the, uh, uh, to the obedience of the husband's instruction and vice versa. But the truth is, you want to leave what, is, what you're supposed to do as a man, and then you focus on your woman. And I want us to, to put uh, this in the right perspective today. I would say to young men that are unmarried, because I'm sure the ones that are married by now, they should understand but in case they are yet to come to the times of that reality, marriage is not a walk in the park. All right? So, in case 
you just think, oh, it's just going to work. We are just going to have, and they are happy, and they married, and they are happy ever after. Let me say to you, it is a consistent working out. Okay? It's not just something that is going to fall on you. Because the truth is, marriage uh, uh, begins to uh, expose you to you first. And then you begin to see adjustments that are needed for a successful marriage. So don't go into marriage thinking that it's just going to be, it's just going to fall on me like a rain. It's an institution that both the husband and the wife are expected to be daily committed to ensuring that it works by first having faith in the instructions as it concerns individuals and the willingness to obey it. Ephesians chapter 5 verse 21. Because most of the time, as a man, you want to, you, you know, culture has, in a way, not a help in, in certain regard. Or maybe a misinterpretation or a misunderstanding of certain words in the Bible. The word submissiveness is not equal to subs, being subservient. Alright? And the reason, of course, Paul was talking to the Ephesians church, and in, in Ephesus, of course, in, uh, in the Jewish, the whole Jewish culture, uh, women are second class so citizens. So it's important that this instruction is given firmly to the men so that they have a proper understanding of how things should be done in the kingdom. Unfortunately, some men are still living in that belief, even now. But don't just, I was telling to them yesterday that you don't read the scripture out of context. You must try to see how it relates, the, the history behind the words of the Bible, the, the geography. And I think everybody should even attend that class. So you don't just take a word and just apply it the, 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 just the way uh, you it. it just the way it's pleasing to you. Every man looks for uh, a, a wife that will be submissive as if they really know the definition of submission. Amen. Amen. Uh, I, I hope you are not looking for a sit down there kind of woman. Say, sit down there. I'm talking, you are talking. Who are you? Shut up. Did you, not, did you not read it in the Bible that you should be submissive to me? Oh, get inside. Get inside. <laughs> Praise God. I, I, I think some have, maybe some people are even in that kind of relationship. Not marriage relationship. You are not married yet. You are the one washing the man's clothes. You are cooking. You are doing that. You are just working for free. What's, what's wrong with you? And you that you are not, you, are, you have not done the right thing as a man. You are do, do, doing like this. You are, you are leaving your, because you are cohabiting now. So the man can call, have you cooked my meal? And you two, you are shaking. Eh? 
Okay, be careful. Let's go back to our. Where um, where was I, please? Yes, Ephesians chapter five verse twenty-one. Can we put that on the screen for us? Because that's where these old stories started from. Eh? Ephesians five twenty-one. Can you read it for us? Eh? Submitting to one another in the fear of God. So both man and the woman should take a position of submission. First to God. It's a position that is for both the man and the woman. Verse 22, please. Wives, submit to your own husband as unto the Lord. So, it is safe to assume that we both must be submissive first to God. Am I correct? We are talking about men today, so I will skip wives or me to your husband. We will come back to that. Maybe Pastor Vicar will take that. We are all called first to a submissive position in Christ Jesus. Submission, therefore, is the right posture for every Christian. The Living Bible put it this way. Honor Christ by submitting to each other. And if my knowledge of English is right, it means this is both for the man and the woman. So you husband that you are requesting or demanding for submission, are you submissive to God? And we read further to say, we read further, therefore, that wives submit to your own husband as unto the Lord. There is no condition that says, if your husband, only if your husband loves you. The understanding of this truth instills in us a sense of responsibility. First to Christ our master. And to our neighbors, to our fellow human beings. This therefore helps us in the discharge of our roles as a husband effortlessly. When you know that you are first submissive to God, it makes makes the discharge of your responsibility easy as a man. You will not look for conditions to, to... you will now look for your, your, the discharge of your role will therefore not be conditional. Because you already have faith in that instructions and so obeying it becomes easier. If God is truly your God, you will want to follow everything that he said. Praise God. Now to the husband or to husbands or to husbands to be. Ephesians chapter 5, 
verse 25 to 29. Forget 22 to 24. It's not for you. Husbands, can we read that together? Husbands, love your... Read, men, read, please. Women, please don't help them. Men, let us read. Twenty-six. Twenty-seven. We are stopping at twenty-nine, so please continue to read. that says love your wife only when she is submissive in other words the Bible says to you love your wife to submission right so you have your first responsibility love your wife the Bible says that while we are yet seen as Christ loved us we were actually not lovable But God loves us so that we can understand what love really is. Christ loved the church not because she was lovable, but to make us so. Loving is a decision. It's a commitment. It is caring. Love is unselfish. Love is temperate. Love is forgiven. Love is trusting. Love is your wife. Every time you, it's a calling for you. Amen. Amen. Say, loving my wife is a calling. Husbands, love your wives. Husband loves your wife. Husband, love your wife. Husband, love your wife. A number of you, you are still holding to your heart very dearly the offense of your wife five years ago, the offense of your wife last week. And anytime you think about it, it makes you feel very sad. I can assure you, if you do not drop that offense, you are going to feel very sad for a very long time. Because you are in a journey. Journey with an imperfect person, just the same way you are imperfect. Love is forgiven, love is temperate. And I think for men, we need to pray the prayer of patience. To be honest, you have to. Because you cannot uh, live happily with a woman if you don't learn to be 
patient. Lead and care for your wife. Lead and care for your wife. Leadership in the home is not a, a, a power tussle, is not, is not influence, is not uh, uh, forcing your opinion down the throat of your wife. That's not what leadership at home is all about. You don't come home and treat your wife the same way you would treat your subordinate, right? People that are your junior in your office. Your wife is your... I need you to know, never forget that both you and your wife, you are of equal grace in Christ Jesus. While each of you have different roles to play, but it does not make you better than the woman. Both in our ability to reason and think and make decisions. So, you don't force your opinion than the truth of your wife. It's a journey of two. You should be able to lead. And I need to know that leadership in itself is service. It means assuming responsibility for the health and development of your marriage. Leadership is assuming accepting the responsibility for the health. You see, if your marriage is not healthy, possibly you should check. Check yourself first. Check yourself first. Evaluate your leadership by asking yourself these basic questions. Do I experience intimacy with God and others through an open conversation? Ask yourself that you give direction and you take responsibility. You see, the head is where the brain is. The head is where the eyes are. The, the head is where the ears are. You should be able to see. You should be able to cast a vision that is clear. You should be able to, you know, hear God. You should be able to, you have a mouth so that you can have a conversation. Not not to be abusive. Man, you don't lead your wife by talking them down. You don't lead your wife by, by assault, assaulting them verbally. Let the words of your mouth be gracious. The word that is seasoned with salt. Ask yourself, since I've been married to this woman, what have you made of our life? What improvement has she made on her own journey? Ask yourself that do I exercise biblical influence by encouraging and developing the, the talent, the skills of my wife? If you have to influence anything at all, it should be making her better, not pulling her down. Do you live your life honestly? Unashamed of who you are when no one is looking at you? When no one is saying, good morning, sir. God bless you, sir. When it's a conversation between you and your wife, what does she say about you? What, your children, what, what account of you do they have? That is leadership. 
Ask yourself whether you are secured in who you are in Christ. Let me say this to you. If you are not secured of who you are in Christ, you cannot have security of all of your wife. You cannot be secured of your wife. An unsecured man is a venom. He's, he's poisonous. Because every stride that the woman takes, you, you will feel as if she wants to cover your shadow. But don't forget that this woman has left all that she used to know to follow you. She dropped her father's name to take up your name, even if that name is not very nice. Praise God. <laughs> I just said that, just kidding you. Praise God. She's left all to be your wife. She deserves some accolades. Amen. Please, for the husband, please clap for your wives. You are you married. You are very forgetful. <laughs> Ask yourself that you exhibit the fruit of the Spirit in your life, including self-discipline. Uh, your role as a man is, is self-denying. Self-denying. It is, it is service. The moment you decide to take on a wife, it is no longer about your life. And you see how the Bible put it this way. You know, you have to take on the role of Jesus. Jesus denying, uh, 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 he, he denying the, the, the glory. He put that aside. And he took the pain of the cross. Jesus served his disciples. You know, even Peter didn't want to, you know, he said, Jesus, Master, you cannot wash my feet. Now you are the, if I don't wash, this is your leg. You have no part of me. Say, so if that is the case, take my head, take my shoulder. If I take all my body. Uh, is there a word like husbandhood? Is there a word like that? <laughs> I don't think so. But if there is a word like that, husbandhood is service. Self-denial is a way by which we realize that our happiness and fulfillment are not dependent upon having our own way or getting what we want. Self-denial is the way that we can realize, come to times, come to the, to the reality that our happiness is not by getting our own way. Your fulfillment is not getting things done your way all the time, especially in marriage. Self-denial is the willingness to consider the needs of your wife above your own interest. It is a commitment to live in a relationship where the worth of your wife is valued and where getting your way gives way to considering the concerns, the needs, and the interest of your wife. It is not a walk in the park. It's a, it, is, it is a real walk. A walk of first denying yourself. Caring is the key for every husband. 
For caring in itself is love translated into the practical everyday requirement essential for the mutual affirmation necessary for marriage aliveness. For your marriage to be alive as a man, you have to care. Caring is important. If you cannot deny yourself, you cannot be a caring husband. If you cannot put the interest and the fulfillment of your wife ahead of you, you cannot bring life into that marriage. You know, we are facing the man today. So take it like that. Men, women, don't worry. It's next week. Amen. Caring is the closest identification we have with the cross of Christ in our marriage. Having pain or suffering because we have done something wrong, not because we've done something, I beg your pardon, or suffering because we've done something wrong is not to what bearing a cross means. To bear a cross means that we care enough to deliberately enter another's life. Even if it involves suffering and pain. Caveat here, it is not the pain and suffering of assault. It is the pain of denial. It is what you will have to go through for your wife. That's, the, that's bearing the cross of marriage. To care means that I am with and for my wife, no matter what the circumstances. To care means that I cherish and appreciate my partner, and so I commit my energies, myself, my time to our fulfillment. In case you have been looking for the definition of care, now you found one. It is denial. It is denial. Don't forget, this is a responsibility and an instruction to you alone. It has no condition to the discharge of that responsibility. You must discharge that responsibility if you are submissive to God. I've said that before. I'm not talking about the pain and suffering of abuse or assault whether physical or emotional. Nourish your wife. Are you a nurturer? Have you... I, I think, you know, I, 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 I think I heard my father say this before. He said, if you can't, if you can't nurture anything, you will not be able to nurture a wife as a man. Have you tried to plant before? The seed sometimes doesn't look like it has the potentials to grow. You're just looking at the seed. You just see, just a seed, just one. But if that seed is planted, well nurtured, it's going to bring fruits. Nurture your wife. Nurture your wife. 
You have to sacrifice your own interest in order to enhance her. Your role is to nurture, support our growth towards our own maturity. And cherish her, tend her warmly, tend her patiently, care for her in the best way that you can. You have a responsibility to protect your wife. Don't throw your wife out there for everyone in your family to, to just handle her anyhow. Yahuwa, you know, they're going for family function. Yahuwa, everybody's now saying all kinds of things. They sit down there. Oh, yeah, you know. And then when they have used that wife, finish for you. She will still come home and you will make a demand of her. And if she says to you, I'm tired, then you'll get angry. What's wrong with you? Protect your wife. Defend her from every form of physical and psychological attacks and make sure you are not, you are not the one attacking her. Both physically and psychologically. First Peter chapter 3, verse 7. In the same way, you married men should live considerably with your wives with an intelligent recognition of a marriage relation, honoring the woman as physically the weaker, but realizing that you are joint heirs of grace, God's unmerited favor of life, in order that your prayers may not be hindered and cut off. Otherwise, you cannot pray effectively. Protect your wife. Defend her interest. Try not to correct your wife outside. You know, sometimes you feel we, we, we know it all. And so, you know, when, when she makes a mistake. I remember when we were having a marriage counseling. Uh, let me even ask this question. Perhaps I've asked it before. You know, when you are pros, before you, for the married now, you, you are going to take your vow. You know, when you are taking, is it procession, Abby? Your wife will be on the right. Abby? On the right. When you are walking into the church. And the moment you take your vow, and you are pronounced husband and wife, there is a swap. The wife takes the left position. And that has implication, but I think in most marriage counseling, they don't talk about it. That means your heart is on this side, and you are expected to protect and defend her the way you protect your heart. And then your right is a, a your right hand signifies strength. Right. Defend your wife. Uh, protect your wife. It is your responsibility. And you are obligated to do that. Otherwise, you are hindering your own prayers. We just read the Bible.
don't uh, make a mess of your wife in the public as a number of people like to do even if she make mistakes recognize the fact that she's human and that can always be discussed in private by addressing the issue and not attacking her personality offend your wife men you are very quiet it's all right it's okay pray for your wife pray for your wife pray for your wife first timothy chapter 2 verse 8 i desire therefore that men pray everywhere, lifting up holy hands without rot and doubting. So I ask you this morning, when last did you pray for your wife? It's a responsibility that you must carry out with joy in your heart. And so I leave you this morning with this conclusion that you are called to a life of responsibility. You are called to a life of denying yourself of personal interests and vendettas, you are called to a life to care for your wife. You are called to a life of leadership as a husband. You are called to a life that should love others, your spouse first, before your own interest. The Lord will bless his word in your heart in the name of Jesus. And I pray for you in areas where you are struggling in the discharge of your responsibilities. Of course, you are also called to provide for your house before I leave. The Bible says that a man that cannot provide for his household is worse than an infidel. You must provide for your wife, provide for your children, provide for your entire household. Maybe when we're talking about your responsibility as a parent, we'll talk further on that. But you are called to a life of provision. Before you think about buying shoes, clothes, socks, ties, wristwatch, whatever it is you want to buy, a car, you must ask yourself if, if there is food in my house. Before you consider looking good, you must first ask yourself, is my wife looking good? Because we will know who you are by simply looking at your wife. So if you look good and your wife is not looking good, you are a bad person. In other words, you are not good. (laughs) Are you complaining? Yes. 
you know the for the young the unmarried now the ones the lady you are you are going out with she probably she's providing for herself now that's fine she, you are not obligated you know you have to you have to can share uh, or maybe she's being she's still being fed by her family when you take her as a wife you will take the responsibilities for you that is planning to marry someone that is still in school let me announce to you the moment you marry her you will pay the school fees until she graduates amen <laughs> or maybe she has not even gone to school at all so you better be patient if she's learning something better let her finish learning it And she cannot stop learning anyway. So I'm just saying that <laughs> you provide. Maybe you are still trying to manage what you have to buy shoes, buy this. You, you better look at it very well and say, ah, Will this be able to take care of two? <laughs> Before you become cranky. Because if you come to her, I will tell you, you have to spend the money, or spend it for her first. Praise God. So before you buy that very expensive shoe, ask your wife, ask yourself, what shoe is my wife wearing? So if you are buying for yourself, in fact, if you buy two for yourself, you have to buy two for her. Amen. You are to care. You are to provide. If you cannot provide for your household it's you are uh, you are are a disgrace you should be able to provide Uh, of course I understand let me balance that there could be times where there might be a bit of financial struggle yes your wife will understand but I'm saying if you have and you cannot (laughs) you like to keep money inside your car so that your wife will not know. Because of the perceived, the moment I wife realized I have money, she will spend it. Who else will spend the money before uncle? Oh, the money you are keeping, what do you want to use the money for? To go out with your friends? Let your, let your wife spend the money. It look, the money looks good on her. Praise God. Some of you, your wife does not know what you have in your account because you are afraid. After all, the Bible says we should be naked. That, that includes your finances too. Abby? Tra- he's being transparent, right? <laughs> right now, if I tell my wife, honey, you know, I, I'm, I don't have money, she understands. Yes. Because there is nothing to hide. It's there for us to see. And if she says, okay, should we take out of this one? Uh, okay, okay, let's, 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 no, let's keep this one for the rainy day. All right, so how do we go about now? That's okay, maybe I can help in a way. Okay. That's how it should be, right? But if you have been telling lies about your, the day your wife discovered that, that's the end, that's the end of the trust. 
Whether you have or you don't have, you have to look for it because you, there is no, no trust. So the marriage is the trust is, is broken. My time is fast spent. I have to leave now. The Lord bless his word in your heart in Jesus' name. God bless you. Clap your hand for Jesus.